no one fits just one label. There's exactly. definitely depth, always more depth. Welcome to our second podcast. It has taken some time to uh, do it again. But this time we would like to talk about labels. It's a podcast uh, that we do as elders of ICL. I am Cor, and we have Andy, Joost, and Christina. And uh, I would like to hand over to Christina, who's going to introduce the topic of this conversation. Thanks. So labels have uh, been uh, really significant, especially in the last few years with all of the polarization of things, you know, people kind of camping out in different places and slapping a label either on themselves or being labeled as something. And uh, of course, we know that labels can be helpful in the sense that if you pick up uh, a food package or a drink uh, bottle and it has a label on it that tells you exactly what's in it, then you know what you are consuming, you know what you're taking into your body. So that bottle of cola, which is just brown goo otherwise, uh, doesn't look as scary once you know what's inside of it. Or maybe it looks more scary, who knows? Some people are funny about that kind of stuff. Uh, but it works less when it's applied to people. I want us to avoid uh, demonizing labels because they are still helpful. I know for myself, there was a time when I didn't have the right vocabulary for uh, my mental health issues. I thought I was alone. I thought I was the only one going through it. And then I read a book um, that seemed to really just, it, it, I felt like it was uh, speaking my language. Somebody understood and she started talking about depression. Um, and I was so encouraged by that. It was, a, it was a label that I felt like, oh, I needed it. I needed this label to, um, to help me work out what I had going on. And it gave me uh, tools that I needed to then go to my healthcare provider and talk about what was going on in my life. So I want us to avoid demonizing uh, labels, but at the same time, recognizing that they do have certain um, pitfalls uh, for us as individuals, but also as a church. What are those pitfalls? Do we want to be labeled? Can we take back some of the labels that have turned maybe negative in the past uh, few years? Um, I thought this was a funny quote by Charles Spurgeon where he says, don't rely too much on labels for too often they are fables. Yay, nice uh, rhyme. <laughs> I love a good, clever, a good, clever rhyme. Um, there's, uh, there's also another quote that I thought was uh, really good by Tom Wolfe that says, if you label it this, then it can't be that. Hmm. Well, is that actually true? Do labels have to create a duality? Does it have to be only this or that, black or white? Is it possible for labels to have uh, depth? to have growth included within them. Mm. So um, let's yeah, start with question. Yost. What do you think? It, well, if you, if I look at my own life and my personal experience, uh, uh, there are a couple of examples that, that's, uh, that spring to mind. What, what I went through myself is um, I've played uh, 10 years as a, as a field hockey player huh. in, uh, uh, in a team uh, of, of our, our uh, our club and uh, I always had the the label uh, no not always but a long time I had the label of the uh, of the defender and with that label came certain kind of things you can do certain things but other things you can't and one of the things you cannot do is that you uh, uh, brilliantly pa pass one or two players and um, 
and and it helps with predictability because if you if you know what your talents are you can rely on each other and you say oh if, if that's happening then he will take care of that and uh, but every now and then i would do something like uh, very seldomly i would pass two or three players uh, in a row in the same action and then what immediately happened is everyone started shouting, "Hey, stop that! You can't do that. That it's not not your that's not your thing. What? Where did that come from?" So uh, that's just an example that that came to mind. So um, it it can limit yourself. Uh, it, it can help because if you know what your strength is, then it can help understand that and also communicate it to others. But then if you limit yourself too much to it, uh, then you might limit yourself in 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 growth now i didn't fortunately i didn't limit myself too much but because i did grow and and advance into other positions towards the end of my career but that's that's one of the things but the i think the good thing there was that we communicated about it and mm. and uh uh we had a uh, we had an atmosphere where we uh we talked down to each other but that um uh, that was possible because we knew that in the end we trusted each other. So we said very un, unkind thing to things to each other, but that was more a way of saying, "Hey, I got your back. Uh, you're you're okay." So, um, and because it's out in, there and out in the open and talked about it, I think it was okay and it worked there. Mm -hmm. And another example is that in in one of my previous churches, I at a certain moment I found out. Uh, that we were labeled as a certain blood type uh, in the church so we were sort of the more uh, i don't i don't remember the exact label but we were the more evangelical or spirit whatever and i i did not agree uh, about that label and that sort of made me realize hey are you viewing me in this way but this is not how i see myself and um I don't think it was that, but in the end, we ended up leaving that church. And but it did make clear that, um, uh, yeah, I don't know, the, the the fit wasn't wasn't really good, and um, it didn't help. Uh, and I think the example there is that if you put on a label and you don't talk about it, uh, then it it can be uh, it can be a negative thing. So mm -hmm. I think I think labels in general can be helpful. Uh, but you have to be really, really careful because it can be limiting. And, and well, that's a, at least a couple of my personal experiences with them. Mm. And, and when you say that, you said that um, you felt like you were being seen in a certain light. You don't mean your church. You mean you as me, like a family my, in the church. Yeah. Uh, so me, my family and our position in that church or, or our, not our role, but who we were so they they were sort of had a certain kind of view where uh where where jesus well hmm, yeah i don't know uh, but the, jesus is this this sort of fire a, a big mystery where we can warm ourselves and we were more like outspoken say well, well but the lord died for us and he went to the cross and and a bit more outspoken and that gave us a certain label that we were different from where the center of the church was where Jesus was a bit more of a mystery. Mm -hmm. So in the end, by hearing that, uh, it told it told me something of how they viewed us and and how they viewed then our position towards sort of the center of the community. Okay. 
Yeah. It is uh, funny that I listen to you and you use that phrase, Jesus as a mystery. Yeah. Mystery is a label. Yeah. Yeah. And the question that immediately comes to me is, okay, but what does it mean? Yeah. And it almost sounds as if it means something to you. But something different yeah. to that core group of the church. And you still use the same word. Yeah. But there is a lot happening there. Yeah. It's very difficult to 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 catch. Yeah. Well, I think in the end, if you if you say it like that, in the end it made clear that our view of who Jesus is was different than what, what their view was. So by, by explicitly saying that Jesus was the God in the flesh and he, he died for us, that, oh, that's very, that's very confronting for the other people. And they might, they might um, be offended by that. So that's why we don't say that. I say, okay, but that, that's, a, that's a bit of a line too far. If you, for me, is if you deny that Jesus is God in the flesh, then you take away and, and that he died for our, for uh for who we are as, as in our current state um as, as men then you take away the the core of faith so your impression was that they used the word mystery yeah to keep jesus at a distance yeah yeah, yeah. And, and to avoid speaking out uh who who he is in order to not to offend people and then i think yeah sorry but i'm not gonna I'm not going to play down the, the, the role of Jesus in order not to offend people. Because then I yeah. deny who Jesus is. And yeah, I'm not going to do that. Do you feel like you knew this going into the church? Like, um, no. no. So it wasn't no. like something that was kind of put up uh, like on, on a website or something that you knew going into it. This is what no, it, it, during gradually I saw that uh when during the preachers it was always this uh, the dutch phrase is uh jesus and hart warmen. and i always missed the term where where it was a bit more clear who who what jesus role is and was and uh it wasn't made explicit and then after some time i found out okay so this is what you actually mean by that and this is the reason why you don't make it explicit found out the mystery behind the mystery yeah <laughs> so, yeah and that's the problem of language isn't it that you know two different people groups of people whatever can all be using the same word or terms yeah. or and everyone thinks they're talking about the same thing yeah that's it but actually aren't necessarily yeah yeah you know uh with inside or outside of church circles i mean it could be political yeah. terms it could be sociological terms it could be all kinds of things couldn't it but yeah it's not just uh, in the, the a religious context but no yeah it's nice at, at a certain moment i discovered that i don't know if it's one of paul's letters but there is this phrase the mystery has been revealed and i was like ha you see ha the mystery is revealed <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah 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 so and that's that's not to say. I mean, 
uh, partly Jesus is still a mystery because I don't mm. understand everything. The minute I think that I understand everything about Jesus, then I have I have him in a box and yeah. I can predict everything. And, and so that that's but there is so much to to know to about Jesus that he's not. That, yeah, mystery say, sort mm. of says to me that you can't you can hardly know anything about him. And that's not true in yeah. my view. He's tricky like that, isn't he? That's to yeah. quote sort of from the hunt for the wilder people, if you know that movie. But yeah. Jesus just, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't fit into a, a nice, neat label. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so are, do you guys think that labels are supposed to be nice and neat? I like how huh. you just said that, like a nice, neat label, um, <laughs> yeah. which sounds like it's perfect for, you know, like a, a clothing label that tells you it's 100% cotton. Or um, you know the label on a packaging or something, but are um, the labels that we use for for people or even organizations are they actually nice and neat? Mm. I don't know if they're I don't know if they're neat. I don't know if, but I don't think they have to be unhelpful, like you said in at the beginning. You know that um, like terminology, mental health terminology, for example, mm. can be very helpful for someone. Of course, if they're boxed in by that, or other people use it to refer to them negatively or to somehow feel that they are superior because they don't have that label or whatever then then it it goes wrong but i think also you know i don't know labels that might be put on me like i'm white i'm male i'm heterosexual um those can be helpful labels um not for example that i'm aware sometimes of maybe the privilege that comes with that i don't mean by being white i'm better or by being male, I'm better. But it does make me aware that I don't get it in the neck for being white. I don't get it in the neck for being male. I don't get it in the neck for being heterosexual. Um, so that I feel those labels can be helpful to remind me of maybe how other fellow human beings are treated who, you know, uh, their skin color is different, for example, um, and do experience prejudice or whatever and are labeled you know, um, in that sense, by the very definition, because they happen to not be white, for example, or um, they can be treated a certain way in the workplace because they're not male. Um, so I, I think labels can be helpful from that point of view, but also at the same time, they can be negative. I mean, I was, I was, oh man, all kinds of things are kicking off in my mind thinking about mm. labels. But I remember a story, I'll just share this story very quickly. Um, in my early 20s, part of the beginning the beginning because i think i'm still on this journey of learning to not label other people and so on was to experience it myself i was up in london uh, visiting a friend um uh, he was at work and i went there's the dogs we've always got to have a dog in the recording yeah. yes um um i was at um a place called high park Pool, which is one of the big edge of one of the big london parks and it's known for having people who stand on wooden boxes and then start giving a speech of some kind. So I just decided in my stupidity or something to go along and see. And this guy was on top of his box uh, preaching um, at all these guys sat on deck chairs, who most of whom I think were probably drunk. Um, and they may or may not have been Catholic. I don't mean a sensation, but I think they were certainly being Catholic just to wind him up. Um, I don't know if they were Catholic or not, and um, fine if they were. 
but uh, he was banging on about how Catholicism was evil and terrible. And so they were just winding up more and more. And, and, and it, I just interrupted this guy, just tried to speak to him. Uh, and then he, his eyes just went really weird. And he asked me one or two things about my own beliefs. And then he just pointed a finger at me and started going, you're a heretic, a heretic, a heretic, a heretic. And just going like, and I was like, whoa, what's this going on? And um, tried to have this conversation with him and one of his plants amongst the debt chair guys. Um, and then we had this conversation. And then this other guy came along and they said, oh, you don't want to talk to him. And I said, why not? Oh, he's a Muslim. So you don't want to talk to him. And I said, well, that sounds a great idea. I think I will talk to him. Thanks very much. And, uh, but then I talked to this guy and then he said, oh, I'm not anymore. Are you religious? Yes. He goes, oh, well, you're mentally deranged. So, uh, so it's just conversation going on. So I, you know, I left a couple of minutes later. I think that was wisdom. Um, and uh, got back and my friend said, how was your day? Is it, well, I learned that I'm a mentally deranged heretic. But, you know, apart from that, it was great. But it was a real lesson or beginning of my own journey and learning how, you know, how do we respond to labels, but also how do we label? How do we other different people? And, mm. and by labeling them, do we categorize them? Do we distinguish them? Do we discriminate them? Do we, can we put them in a neat box? Especially if someone maybe doesn't see things the same way as we do. So we therefore give them a label and then for we can other them. And, and mm. yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's just, just a story that came back to mind when, Oh, I haven't thought about that for a while. Yes, it <laughs> still goodness, brings a smile like, to me. So that you walked away wearing more hats than you walked in with. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cool. I, hats I didn't know I had. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, maybe I am a heretic, but that's another. <laughs> it's, um, you know, that's another. Maybe that's another podcast. But it's. Uh, well, isn't but, that funny? Because one person's heretic is another person's hero. So it's, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. one of those things about also about labels that it's you know it it the the thing about labels that we don't give ourselves is it gives the person speaking them over us the power to define mm. yeah. so it, it's different when it's a label that we have uh chosen for ourselves because yeah. we know what fits um uh, other labels we we chafe under them it's a, it doesn't it's not a good fit this is not who i am uh you're not seeing me well that's you know that sort of thing so it sounds like you came away from that wearing a bunch of things that yeah. weren't yours yeah yeah it's like people they like they sort of put uh pieces of clothing on me metaphorically mm. speaking mm -hmm. that weren't the right fit and well, as far as i know they weren't <laughs> and uh um yeah but it was uh, it was a, a fascinating lesson in human interaction if nothing else um so uh i was in the city center again the next day needless to say i didn't go to high park corner that day i i think i went to a museum instead which was far more edifying have some quiet yes yes so yeah. you but, also said you used the phrase christina neat labels mm. uh but I, I think one of the things about that is we can think labels are neat but i think with any label you will find that there is uh, there is always some degree of misunderstanding what exactly you mean by a certain label. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that that uh, that also creates a lot of um, misunderstanding and, and and problems. I think. I mean, uh, I think all of us have been in situations 
uh, where uh, when you say, oh, I'm a Christian, then people say, ah, so you can't do anything on Sunday, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, which is uh sorry no that's that's not uh, or or people even said well i know what you believe oh that's great (laughs) please help me out because i don't know for a full hundred percent what i believe (laughs) yeah so uh yeah if if people judge immediately if and i think that's one of the problems with uh, with labels if they hear or see a label then immediately uh, many of them are so Mm. this is and they put you in a box Mm. And that can be very unhelpful, uh, yeah. I think. Yeah, it's, I think uh, sometimes also we're not aware, are we, of um, something that might actually be considered to be a label for someone else, or we're not aware of it. I think, um, for instance, um, people who joined ICL a number of years ago who didn't initially because they saw that as a church we were part of yeah. a Dutch denomination that if you translated the word included the word evangelical yeah. um, because for them it conjured up some previous experience which was linked to maybe more sort of political ideology and so on they thought oh I don't want to go anywhere near that yeah um, I think it was only one occasion where I don't know I don't know the car was out of action or something and they thought yeah. oh well let me just go and see they came along and went, oh, this is all right. Oh, this, yeah, yeah. If this is evangelical, then yeah, this yeah. is okay. Um, but it was interesting how the label, um, you know, for them, uh, created something that was not what we were trying to convey yeah. at all. You know, and in fact, we hadn't even thought about you just stating who we who we're connected yeah. with as a church. So it's, I think it's, uh, with core, it's similar. Some people will say, "Ooh, he's a theologian." Oh no, no, that's 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 And others will say, "Hey, that's great. Uh, he knows a little bit more." And, uh, have you have you encountered things like that, core? I grew up in a church, yeah, that thought that theology. Was was. Yeah, they almost that. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't something you should do yeah. as a proper believer. Yeah. Uh, I'm almost uh, want to say <laughs> as a proper um, reborn believer. Yeah. Because in my youth, being reborn was uh, really important. Oh, yeah. uh, and Originally, I did not go to university to do theology. It was simply, well, as a teenager, um, didn't come to my right mind to do that. (laughs) Uh, I only did that after some encouragement and uh, noticing, well, I, um, uh, I have the intelligence, the mind to do that. Um, and the straight thing is, I chose the university that had, um, in a scientific way, the uh, best reputation. But yeah. they did not have the best reputation when it comes to matter of faith. Yeah. So, um, but I wanted to um, learn the technical side of. But that's necessary in theology, yeah? the languages, yeah. the history, yeah. the cultural context. Um, I thought it was very important. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, it's more complicated than that. But it's also within theology, um, you have labels. 
Ja. De raar voort, er is evangelical theology. Ja. Je hebt conservatives, ja, de raar liberals. En dan heb je de many church traditions. En ja. some are good en some are wrong. En ja. I must say, in the world of those labels, the labels were clearer than the reality. Hmm. I noticed that, for example, very conservative evangelicals and liberals could be both in their own way very rationalistic. Yeah. Uh, and they were more similar than I thought in the beginning. Hmm. So I need to adjust my perception of those different, different labels. Yeah. And I noticed And I was told that that would be impossible. But I noticed that liberal scholars, because in theology, not everyone is a theologian. You can specialize in the Old Testament yeah. without yeah. being a theologian. Okay. You are just a scholar, an Old Testament yeah. scholar. Yeah, it's, it's a complicated world. But I noticed that um, a, 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 some scholar could be uh, very liberal, but also a very committed part of a church. Mm -hmm. uh, I know one professor who taught uh, to children at uh, yeah, the Dutch version of Sunday school. Uh, and was very committed to that. Yeah. And he had views and said, well, can you be a, a Christian with such a view? Uh, mm -hmm. And Part of that is, uh, is misunderstanding. Yeah. I still would not agree with him, but the idea I had in the beginning was too simplistic. Mm, yeah. So I get yeah. to know him better. I saw there was no more nuance, yeah. more context to it. Yeah. Uh, and that softened the label liberal. Yeah. Mm, and it yeah, made... Yeah. <coughs> Well, my world more complicated. Yeah. <laughs> I still use those labels, yeah. but in the back of my mind, I know how complicated they are. Yeah. It's also still, uh, I am a theologian. Yeah. I'm also a scholar. Um, but I am aware of the context where I use it. Mm. In some situations, I will use different words. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I know I will be misunderstood. Mm. Uh, and the weird thing is, it's also language. In, uh, in Dutch, uh, we use the word wetenschap, which mm. means science. Yeah. But in English, science is much more limited. Yeah, correct. So in Dutch, I'm a scientist. In English, in I'm English. a scholar. Yeah. 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 Mm. Uh, and Uh, it's not without consequences because a scientist has a higher status than a scholar. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but yeah, it is very difficult to change language in this way. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's. <laughs> so I, I wrestle with yeah. those labels. I, I, they're unavoidable, but I try to. Um, To be open to their limitations. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and 
it never identify the person and the label. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. It's such a challenge here, isn't it? I mean, one of the other things I've been trying to do, and I'm still working on this, which, yeah, I haven't got done before the podcast, but just trying to look in the Gospels about how labels were used or not used and how, you know, like the Pharisees and the teachers of the law had this whole group, subgroup of people whom they labeled sinners, um, which tended to be, well, basically anyone they didn't like, but um, um, but particularly tax collectors, uh, prostitutes, and just other people who didn't cut the mark as far as they're concerned. Just interesting seeing how Jesus interacted with that. And sometimes, you know, um, like I was talking about, like in Luke 6, for example, I think Luke 15 as well, I just wrote it down. He uses that label, but it almost like uses it tongue in cheek. You know, even the sinners lend to sinners. But it's almost like Jesus is meeting them at the point of their labeling of other people and taking that label and totally challenging it and um, using it in such a way to really, you know, turn things on its head. And maybe that's what we all of us as people need to do at times is to look at the labels that either we're using of others or others are putting on ourselves or we're putting on ourselves and, and to have that similar kind of challenge now of course none of us are god in the flesh none of us are jesus but you know believers obviously followers of christ that the holy spirit's at work in our lives that yeah. that can be a challenge to to the, these labels that uh, either we or others you know uh, are putting on us yeah. um another thought that struck me is um you know words like like you know like a word liberal or, or even let's take that word evangelical um, which obviously is totally, for some people, come to mean a certain form of right-wing politics, for example, or, or a certain moral agenda. Um, can such a word be redeemed? Does such a word need to be redeemed? Does such a label need to be kept? You know, I mean, it, it's still on our website. It still says we're part of that, of church grouping in the Netherlands, and you choose to translate it, that word is still there. And... I don't mean any of us sat here in this podcast together. We have a problem of being, you know, that yeah. that being written. But I don't know. Any thoughts about that? Can you redeem something like evangelical? Is it even worth it? Or yeah. do some labels need ditching because it it means something? Yeah, that's an interesting one. And I think, well, one of the main reasons uh, that we chose this topic, I think, is that there are a lot of negative effects uh, uh, mm. on labels, and there's a huge mm. uh, pastoral side to yeah. uh, to labels and misuse misuse of, of of labels. Maybe it's also good to to look at that and and, mm. and, and pinpoint a few of those examples of where labels can can hurt, uh, uh, and then from there. We can we can say well okay do, so do we therefore stop using this word or not is that a is that a good mm. way to pick it up? Well, but, I, I think that the evangelical thing mm. is actually a perfect point because yeah you know um, as I was sharing earlier um, you know to me and I, I actually had to look up the definition of evangelical. Ah. Because it's it, just getting thrown around so much. Yeah. And I was like, it's turning into a cuss word. I just feel yeah. like yeah. every yeah. time somebody uses it, it's immediately yeah. negative. And I was like, but, you know, um, I mean, I named my child Evangeline. 
for a reason oh, yeah. because mm-hmm. it means bringer of good news right the 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 gospel is the good news and that's what mm-hmm. evangelicals believe that the gospel is the good news and we want to share that good news now i realize that you know in his historically and over time that has looked uh different to different people mm-hmm. um it's been it's been forced in in some places um you know christianity has been used to um to to sanction all kinds of things mm-hmm. um also under the label of evangelism yeah of spreading this um gospel uh but in the sense when it stops being good news for all people it's no longer the gospel because it's yeah. supposed to be jesus for all people jesus came for everyone yeah. um mm-hmm. so i think you know it's being, yeah, it's being uh, uh, used now as sort of a banner to lump all these people into, like you said, in a, mm-hmm. in a political arena, um, yeah. but also in a cultural arena that if, if we are evangelicals, it means that we hate. We hate yeah. uh, anybody under the LGBTQ label. We hate um, people of color. We hate people who are poor. We hate, like, it's just all of this. And I, and I don't, so for me, that label feels uncomfortable because I don't hate any of those people. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't, I, we as a church don't fall under any of that. Mm. Um, and yet I still believe myself to be an evangelical because I, I do believe that, that Christ's message and that gospel is the center. Mm. Of, um, yeah. Why, why I do what I do, how, why I live the way I live, mm. uh, but it is difficult to, to, to take it back. Um, you can't, you know, once, once someone, uh, throws it out there and, and you can hear it when it comes out of their mouth, how they're using it, yeah. you know, it just mm. comes out already. Yeah. The with tone of voice. Or, yeah. 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 Mm. And it's like, okay, maybe in this conversation, I will just say I'm a Christian and not like use yeah. this label that seems to offend yeah. you so much. Yeah. yeah. So, so it can be really negative. Mm. Uh, I, I'm usually, I'm a, an, um, a supporter of not trying not to avoid terms because the erosion of terms is so fast so i i I would try to keep hold of a term as long as possible and then just explain its meaning but there will be times that it's just not uh not some some words are just yeah you you really can't use them anymore and and that's Mm. that's a difficult balance of where where that line is mm. so i'm not sure yeah. if evangelical is has already passed that line or not the problem with the word evangelical uh, when you translate it it becomes different mm. yeah also yeah. In, for example in dutch it translates as evangelisch yeah which at least for me in dutch has a totally different connotation than evangelical. Mm-hmm. If I want to refer to a certain right-wing group with certain ideas, politically, then I need to use the English words. Yeah. Because in the Dutch translation, the Dutch word evangelisch, evangelical, and the Dutch word for gospel, evangelie, the connection is clear. Mm. So in that word evangelist, there sounds something like being inspired by the gospel, by the evangelie. Yeah. So um, 
but also that word in Dutch has different meanings. But it is still easier to reclaim the word by referring back, well, it has something to do with the Evangelie, with the gospel yeah. of Jesus Christ, mm. but yeah. in English the words are farther apart, mm. which makes mm. reclaiming, I think, more difficult. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think, well, in Germany, there is the, the evangelical church is the Lutheran state church, the evangelische <laughs> kirche. Ja. Zo. En because the, the United States dominates much of our news, we hear, hear a lot about a certain way that the word is used. Ja. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is it useful? Well, I think in the Netherlands it uses it loses its usability mm. because mm. Uh, being a Christian is already belonging to a small minority yeah. and the differences between group of Christians become less important. Yeah. But when you, for example, you live in a country where 90% still identifies as Christian, yeah. finding words, finding labels that explains something of uh, the direction that you belong to, the, the path that you belong to, can be helpful mm. in the communication with other people, but also among each other. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, so it, it kind of depends. Um, Yeah, that's that's part of ICL theology, isn't it? Kind of depends. Yeah, we have two words theology. So how do so what do we do with labels? I mean, I think you're right, Christina, that we shouldn't shun them, but how there are so many drawbacks. May I use an example? It's not labels, but it is something I use in understanding other people. Uh, I think it's common, at least I do it. Um, I am the framework to understand everyone. Yeah. When I notice that I understand someone so well that's almost similar to my own experience, I pay attention because I feel that I'm in danger of projecting mm -hmm. myself onto the other. Hmm. When there are differences, and someone's totally different from who I am, it's kind of easier because I Absolutely. know it's different. But when someone is very similar to who I am, I need to pay, uh, make space between, uh, okay, this comes natural to me, but maybe not to the other. Mm, yeah. It's kind of, with, I think it's similar with labels. Uh, there are labels that are very helpful. But when there is a situation where the label and the person comes close together, I need to pay attention. Yeah. Because there must be space between the label and the person. Mm. Everyone mm. should be more exactly. than his or her label. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we place someone in the corner when we do that. 
And I think um, to know someone better and better, it must becomes more and more difficult to place a label. Yeah. Also with people, uh, a stranger I can summarize in a few sentences. Yeah. But if, um, someone who's very close to me, mm. and then I'm asked, well, who is that person if you sent <laughs> I am at loss for words. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah I think it's, it is a, a mindset for openness. Yeah. Mm. It's not That's only cool. God who's that mystery who's more, yeah. but also other people. Yeah. And when we understand someone and say, well, that label totally fits, we have lost the other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think that's so right because, you know, like, the core of Christian faith, Jesus get, you know, when asked, you know, as I often talk about, you know, um, when he's asked what's the most important command about loving the Lord with all our being and loving our neighbor as ourselves, that as we get to know other people, we see that the label doesn't fit. Or even if there's a label that possibly fits, all of the descriptions that and all the extra uh, adjectives or whatever get attached to that label start to they have to break down because you're dealing with and interacting with real people, you know. So um, something like LGBT doesn't just become this anonymous theoretical label; it's real people or I would, you know, to some people who just have a total allergic reaction to any Christian who might be labelled evangelical or even Christian, you know, how many Christians do you know, and uh, or whatever, because it can work in all kinds of ways, you know, or, you know, some people will view anybody who is Muslim with suspicion for some reason, especially, you know, if there are certain attacks have taken place. So there's a labelling, isn't there, that. And, and I think that's what core you're saying is that, you know, if we're getting to know people that that really breaks that down because you can't sustain those labels because reality shows that we're all quite complex as people, but also there's a richness and uh, to, to knowing each other. And I think that is part of loving our neighbor as ourselves because we would hope other people would treat us in that way. So shouldn't we also treat others that way and i mean that's one of the richest i love about being in an international church is because we are from all these different backgrounds um of course it has its challenges too but um i think that does help to break down some of those that, that labeling um but yeah that's it's not always good, easy yeah it's another good spot to ask good questions mm. you know what, is, what do you mean by that when you say when i say i'm an evangelical ask me what i mean what why do you use that label you know, it's always, it's an opportunity to have a deeper conversa conversation with someone and get to know them mm. in a deeper level. Um, and I think it, it goes kind of back, uh, Andy, to what you were saying about otherness, right? We, we put people and we hold people mm. at arm's length in that other category. Yes. It's very difficult to um, other people who are, you bring close to yourself. And the mm. more questions you ask, the closer you bring people to yourself so that you can see them better and understand mm -hmm. them better. Mm -hmm. And in that way, we avoid mislabeling people because we realize there actually are more words to describe this yeah. person than just simply, mm -hmm. you know, brown, female, hetero, yeah. whatever. I'm describing yeah. myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, there are more, there are more words. There's more to people. And we miss 
um, again, not to demonize labels, because I do think that they can be helpful in, in gathering um, people together mm. who maybe have uh, similar battles, mm. uh, similar, you know, uh, pitfalls. Um, and in that way, you can help uh, one another. Um, but I think it is, it is good. To, I, th- I think it's never bad to ask good questions, honestly, mm. in every th- situation. I think a, a label can even be a good starting point for... Mm. Uh, for this conversation, for a question. I don't think many people in the church will probably not know that we as a church council, so uh, the elders with the, with the rest of the church council, did a, uh, a labeling session a couple of years ago, yeah. uh, according to the Enneagram. And we all had ourselves uh, labeled to one of the Enneagram, what, nine Enneagram types. Yeah. And the nice thing is that if you do that together, you do it out in the open and you talk about it, then mm-hmm. what I appreciate about it is if, that is some, if someone is really different than me, this first step helps me to understand and appreciate yes. someone who's quite different from me. Mm-hmm. And then if you have the com- further conversations with the other, so how do you think and why do you mm-hmm. decide this? Mm-hmm. Then it, it brings it brings you closer to each other, yes. uh, I think. Yeah. And I, I think it's fair to say that we had a hugely uh, positive effect of <laughs> this this session and making jokes um, uh, amongst each other <laughs> about understanding each other more. And and yet I think the same at the same time. We should realize that uh, the label is just, yeah, it doesn't capture mm. because, because mm. Uh, all of the ones are, are very different from each other and all the twos. Yes. And so yeah. it doesn't put us in a box, but it, it does give mm. some guidance of who this person <clears throat> is. Yeah. I wonder if sometimes it's, it's good to. Springboard. Yeah. yeah that's it. The Enneagram yeah. is supposed to be a springboard. Yeah. It's not exactly. meant to be like, this is who I am, and then I don't grow and I don't change. Yeah. And there's no exactly. dynamics. Yeah. It's meant to like launch you off. And yep. what makes the Enneagram also a bit different from other kind of personality categorizing uh, things is it's you're meant to recognize yourself as you're going through the material and you read through things. You're mm. meant to be yourself, yep. not allow someone else to say this is you, but you yeah. choose it yourself. And in that yeah. way, it's more uh, uh, genuine, maybe. Because yeah. Yeah. If, if you see recognizing your own motivations and your own uh, yeah, your own self in the number yeah. but sorry andy go ahead yeah. no no i was saying i just well a springboard also is a good word i think for yeah. what i was going to say but also i just wonder if somehow we can uh all just learn that for labels to, to stir curiosity with them so if someone says to us i'm a muslim well fine what why 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 are you you know not in an accusatory way but just openly wanting to know someone's journey Absolutely. um someone says they're buddhist why, why are you buddhist and tell me about your journey what's brought you to that place without us also having to jump in feeling like we've got to jump in automatically with this is why i'm a christian you know they may not have asked that question but can we actually genuinely want to get behind the labels even that we use of ourselves the labels which maybe someone sees very positively of their life you know that they describe themselves as uh, as a hindu or whatever and they see it as a very positive thing to actually yeah. not to go oh well now they're another Let, let's find find out what what are people's journeys why are people using labels because you know we all maybe use labels of ourselves that we don't see as a negative um yeah. and we don't see necessarily as self-limiting they actually a part of of who we are and you know maybe that person they celebrate whatever that 
Logan with Sarwan. Yeah. I just think, how can we be, again, more open-hearted, I think. And, yeah. um, but I think also the, the flip side to that is, um, and I would encourage anyone listening, what are the labels that have been placed on you that do not yeah. fit? Yeah. yeah. Um, because I think that all, part of my journey in getting more and more healthy as far as, you know, mental health and stuff, um, and just spiritually is, is peeling off these things mm. that were said to me that were placed on me yes. um, throughout, you know, over time and mm. then trying to extract my, my identity from those, mm. those labels. Um, uh, I would encourage people to, if you need to talk about that, we're here to talk and we can listen and, yep. and help, you know, navigate that because it can be very difficult to, to pull yourself out of, uh, of the things that people have stuck you in. Yes. Um, you know, we want, and I believe, and I had said this earlier, I, I believe that li labels can be a bridge instead of a box. Yeah. I believe yeah. that it can be things, yeah. you know, things that we say about ourselves that we, you know, use to connect to other people, um, whether they're like us or we're searching out people who aren't like us so that we can grow and learn and change. I believe that labels can be a bridge. Um, but for many people and myself included, labels have been used to sort of, like Core said, stick me in a corner. Yeah. Um, and this yeah. is who you are and this is all you're going to be. And so don't step out of line because this is it. This is who you are. Mm. Um, and it takes time and it takes, I think, community to, to yeah. you know, pull those, pull those labels off. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You know, I often find certain labels difficult to handle with. When I see myself within the labels we used inside Christianity for all the different traditions, denominations, etc. I personally don't feel at home in any label. Hmm. And at the same time, I find behind those labels all something valuable. Yeah. Yes. But I often feel and that's maybe not that others do, but maybe something I do in myself unconsciously. I feel sometimes the pressure to place a label on myself so that the other know where he or she should place me. Right. But yes, I'm not yeah. totally at, at totally comfortable in that label mm. because I've seen so much in the diversity of the church that it has become dear to me. And when I make an argument that belongs to a certain label, I often have the fear that maybe the other misunderstands me mm. and that I reject all those other labels, which is not true. Because I see something of value also in the others, but in a certain context, I emphasize something. Yeah. And I, I find that difficult in myself and maybe it's just something i do to myself but it's difficult to to escape from that i think i hope i can become better at it but uh, yeah mm. and i think I, I think a lot of people do that actually i mean not that you're not special core you totally are <laughs> Um, ah, the label I special. That. I like that. <laughs> you are you are precious to me. So, <laughs> but I mean, I know um, when you listen to to you know anyone speak on a Sunday, we will make a statement and then we quickly have a disclaimer because we don't want to isolate anyone else. 
Like, just because I'm saying this is what I believe doesn't mean that I think everything else is wrong. Um, And it's, again, that feeling that there's, it's either this or that. Does it have to be this or that? Can it not be, as you say, core, that you find uh, beauty and value in all of these different uh, traditions? Mm. And you're not just by saying, uh, for instance, I, you know, I would like there to be more, uh, more liturgy in a service. Does that mean that I want less of maybe a... um, uh, how do I, <laughs> uh, a spontaneous, you know, movements in, in, in the service. Does it have to be this or that? Can it not be yes and, you know, yeah. <laughs> yes. both? Um, and I think that's, that's, a, that's a danger that we have all the time that we feel like if we, if we hold this, then we can't hold this as well. Um, and one of the beautiful things, and I've talked about this plenty of times, that I've walked away from the theology group core that you did was that idea that it can it, we can still be a community we can still be unified and hold it all in tension and not have to say well i reject that therefore i reject you no it's i can we can read the same bible we can worship the same god we believe the same thing even if we approach it differently we, mm. that's still unity um yeah and i really like that for me it was a was a big turning point because I, I, I feel like uh, throughout my journey as a Christian, that has been the major theme. Like, if you choose this side, then you're rejecting all other sides. Mm, yeah, yeah. If you're a Pentecostal, then you believe this, this, and this, and you cannot believe what the Baptists believe. You cannot be like them. It's just, you know, one or the other. Uh, yes. which is just well it's just ridiculous really it's I crazy because there's so much richness isn't there I, absolutely it's a subtitle of a book i'm just going to read you the subtitle uh, the book's called generous orthodoxy and i just love this the subtitle is this why i am a missional evangelical post-protestant liberal conservative <laughs> mystical poet poetic biblical charismatic contemplative uh, fundamentalist Calvinist, Anabaptist, Anglican, Methodist, Catholic, Green, Incarnational, Depressed yet Hopeful, Emergent, Unfinished Christian. Oh um, and of course, it's like deliberately tongue in cheek, but behind it, there's just the thing, there's such a richness from every part of, you know, Christian community. And yeah, yeah again, with all these labels, we, we, we rob ourselves mm-hmm. of others. But we also rob them of us because we 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 cut ourselves off both ways. Yeah. So so we're not gaining from them, but they're also not gaining from us. And and yeah, that's yeah. So yeah. Yeah. when I great. listened to you uh, reading that subtitle, I thought, what is nice to have labels. Without <laughs> labels, he could never have communicated this richness. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, okay, but now I want to know what some of these labels are. I want you to like take a picture of the book title and send it to me so that I can look up all of these labels. Because I'm like, am, am I am I that? Am I, yeah, that am I what is that? Yeah, yeah. What is that label? Even as I was reading, I was thinking, okay. <laughs> so, that's, that's, but, I like I like the depressed but hopeful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Well, I think we're probably reaching the point where we're wrapping up this uh this conversation and we Mm. we want to make sure to include that um if anyone listening if this is bringing up some um some questions or some ideas and and you want to share those with us please email um the elders uh email address which is just 
elders at I Church United of Pimpinel or Dodanel. Hey, I went Dutch. Um, hey. Hey. <laughs> um, but we're and and it'll give us an opportunity and some time to uh, look at those questions and think about answers. And at some point in the future, we can dedicate a podcast to answering the questions that have been sent to us. Yeah, that's yeah. great. A, a conversation starter. Yeah, if, but I think if it's, people... it's like three things, right? So it's it's good communication. It's asking good questions. Yeah. And it's realizing that no one no one fits just one label. There's exactly. definitely depth, always more depth. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. Cool. 